Life Her Podcast. Her is me, her is you. Her is us, her is she, her is we. United we stand, baby, that her for keeps. I'm coming and I demand my space. I know it's free. I owe myself the world. They tried to count me out. I've been down some dark roads. They tried to pound me out. From cloudy to sunny, ain't think that I would make it out. I needed positive emotions to fill me out. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Life Her Podcast. This is a pre-recorded video with Dr. A. Louise Bardipart. She's a medical doctor and scientific researcher. You are getting ready to get real informative information about COVID-19 vaccines and Juneteenth. This is very, very important for you to listen to, and you're going to gain a lot of information on a lot of conversations that we have daily. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you follow us on IG. Nice seeing you. Hi. Audio. (laughs) So how things been going uh, with you working in the hospital? Oh, it has been uh, tiresome. It's been overwhelming. I bet. It's just almost more that I can bear. Oh my God. And then the, the thing is, uh, my, what I am supposed to do is surgery, but because mm-hmm. of this COVID 19, they have me in the ER or I'm taking tests and they have me all over the place. Even they even put me in the uh, psych ward one time and I said, never again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> when they put you there, they put me in this site because you know the physicians and the nurses—they're becoming sick themselves. Okay, and I, I thank God that God has covered me because when I'm working, I'm working sixteen to twenty-hour shifts. Okay, and um, they threw me in the psych ward at in the COVID nineteen psych ward at that. Wow. And one day, one day, one tried to escape. It was a message, don't you ever put me in there again. <laughs> oh, my God. So wow. is the whole, your whole team of, like, have anybody on your team that worked in your your level, have they been, have they caught it? Yes. One or two have passed. Surgeons, nurses, techs. Now, I have my license to practice medicine, tri-state uh, in the Northeast Coast, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So I'm affiliated with several hospitals, Maimonides, Yale, NYU, Danbury. So I'm just a person that's just, I'm just helping out. Okay. Okay. So when you um, help out, you they just rotate you in different areas? They just rotate me. Most of the time, I'm the chief physician, so everyone has to answer to me. So I just have to go around and check on all the nurses, you know, the staff under me. However, at times during the day, I have to have a lot of one-on-one with the patients. Oh, yes, definitely. What have you been doing to keep yourself healthy with you working with so many patients and everyone surrounding you having COVID? I've been drinking a lot of tea and soup, although it's warm weather. Warm liquids kills the uh, disease, the acids in your stomach if you're drinking something warm. So constantly I'm drinking warm, like any type of liquid, but especially warm. You have to constantly drink something warm. And being uh, with a mask on, that really makes me drowsy and it weakens me because 
you have to take your mask off and we can't really take our mask off. Okay. So I'm wearing a mask with the respirator, but still that's not made to be a worn at a, a long period of time. So that stresses you out physically and mentally as well. So as far as care, I'm drinking the liquids, um, it's prayer. Prayer is keeping me. I don't know what else. Um, I don't work um, every day. I don't work every week because of the hours that I'm working. Um, sometimes I'm doing seven days straight. Ooh. And this it's week, Yes, 16 to 20 hours. This week I did three days. Um, they want me to come in tomorrow. I'm not sure. I will think about it. But um, hey, it is what it is. I'm helping someone. God has been keeping me covered. I mean, I don't know what, honestly, I don't know what else to do but pray. I'm drinking warm liquids. I mean, my colleagues, they have been using the same precautions as myself, the PPEs, and sometimes it still slips into your system because it's really, really bad. I mean, the, the, the media is sharing a portion of what's going on, but in all actuality, they're not really sharing um, how, how really horrific this disease is and folk think it's a joke and it's really no joke. Right. Well, so what are what are some of the symptoms that you realize that people get in a first time basis to a point they're not hospitalized and they can recover at home? Uh, first thing, you feel like you have a, a, a common cold. You really okay. feel like you have a common cold. So it, it's it's kind of difficult to ascertain what's going on with, with you. Do you have a cold? Do you have the flu? Is it COVID? Now, the unfortunate thing is you can feel well with no symptoms. That's the scary part. Mm. A lot of people uh, that have come in to the ER, they haven't been anywhere, yet they still received it. So uh, COVID-19 has been out in the air for quite some time. And um, the government knew. I mean, I'm going to say some things. Hope they don't get me. <laughs> Because when people talk, they don't yes. like me. But I need to let my black and brown brothers know what's going on. You have to protect yourself. It's bad enough. And we'll talk about this uh, through this broadcast. Health disparities amongst African-Americans. Uh, but uh, COVID-19 has been out for the longest. Uh, in all actuality, uh, when the uh, swine flu was here, it was here, never left, and it just worsened. Oh, and, and then in China, what it is, it's a lot of myths out there. But see, I have an advantage because not only am I a physician, I'm a research scientist. So I research a lot. I am with the WHO. So I'm learning a lot in the, the government, the United States government and other governments, but especially USA. They do not want to let the general public know what's really going on. So you just have to pray, really, and really be cautious, even if you're at home. I mean, you can feel nothing, but uh, it's just, you just have to, it's, how can I say this? Because people say, okay, I have a sore throat. Yes. I have a runny nose. Yes. COVID-19 affects you. When people die from COVID-19, they are dying from heart attacks, liver failure kidney failure. They do not tell you all of this. Mm -hmm. 
if some people have seizures. So it's further than most people think it is. This is truly a deadly disease. Uh, mm -hmm. In the North above, I would say, Virginia, it kind of leveled out, but it's still bad. And now it's about 18, I think about 21 states. They, uh, the, the news media always try to downplay it because they don't want to scare people. Right. But the South and rural areas, they are seeing such a spread. And one reason that our young people, especially in the African-American community, they don't, they don't, they think it's a joke. They don't really, let me tell you, when they start opening up, especially in Atlanta, and this is so sad, and they need to be educated. It was about, I think, 300, 400 people at the mall in Atlanta to get the new Jordans, I think. Yeah, Without, I that. that I that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. So where are their parents? Where, where are the leaders? We have to teach the young people. And they, I mean, I pass in the urban areas, and they just, they're hanging out, playing dice. They just, they just don't care. And no one is talking to them that this is uh, imperative. This is serious. Yes. So with them opening up everything in certain states right now, what are the precautions that people can take? Because some people, I know I've heard many stories that the mask, wearing a mask makes it worse. Uh -huh. Or sometimes wearing a mask doesn't. So, in what in what area should a what a individual should go with pre playing precautions? Well, I would say try not to really interact with anyone. Um, I know you have to go shopping, but don't just browse the stores as casual. Go in there and get what you need and get out. Um, wear your gloves because uh, the disease can linger on objects at least up to five hours. So when you get home, wash your hands, even in your home, just wash, 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 because the disease is spreading. And sometimes people, they don't think they have it and they do have it. So wearing a mask is imperative. Okay. You are not supposed to wear a mask in your home so, or in your car. When you right. wear a mask, that's taking away oxygen from your body. Therefore, right. it's shutting your brain cells down. And then you wonder why you have a headache, you might collapse. You wear a mask when you're on the outside, when it's necessary, when you are around individuals. Even if you're going for a walk, still wear a mask because COVID-19 is airborne. When yeah. you get home, take your mask off. Don't yes. sit around in the house with your mask. Don't drive in your own car with the mask. Wow. So since you've been up close and personal, um, what are some of the things that you witness as far as someone on a way of passing from COVID? The symptoms, the first thing that shuts down is the respiratory system because it's a respiratory, uh, it affects your respiratory system immediately. And then what people don't know, it affects every part of your body, especially if you are overweight, if you already have underlying diseases. However, even if you're healthy, this disease is so strong, it can just immediately shut the functions of your body down. Um, I, had, I had a young man, 
nice looking man. He he worked out. He came in with symptoms. He was in the hospital. We hospitalized him. We put him in uh, ICU. Then he was on the respirator. Three days later, he passes away. He had nothing wrong with him. He worked out. However, the disease was in him. So he, he got it from somewhere. Wow. His wife said he wore a mask. So this shows COVID has been in the air. Right. So he had to breathe it in or he touched it somewhere. Um, the wife said he went to the gym. Perhaps he touched it. And then he's touching his face. So you really have to be careful where you go, what you touch, who you're around. Uh, we're in modern technology. So uh, you need to communicate with your loved ones uh, by Zoom, by however method you can, especially the elderly community. Yeah. Now, I am afraid to uh, visit my mother, um, but I had to run an errand for her. However, I did not stay because okay. she's elderly. You know, she's over 70. So, right. and, they're, and they're prone to the disease more. And especially, uh, I wanted to uh, keep myself put because I went to the George Floyd funerals in North Carolina and Texas, and you still, how many people were there? Yes. So you have to be really careful when people are going to these funerals and this weekend, I'm sure people are gonna carry on and uh, what is it, July 4th is coming up. And they, they think it's a joke. Yes. And you know what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse in the fall. It's it's not a it's not a myth. It is what it is. It's I mean, how can it not if all these crowds? And unfortunately, although we are marching for our rights, it's spreading. That's the unfortunate thing. So many crowds when you're so close to so many individuals. Some have their mask on. Some don't. So it's like you have to look at everybody, you know, little, you know, with a little funny eye because yeah. you're like, do you have it? You right. don't know. Right. And then, you know, sometimes we see people unconsciously hug each other, exactly. each other's hands. Exactly. And it's just a constant thing with mm -hmm. everything being open. It's really scary, especially it with is. It's going to get worse. Do it's, you find of it being a cure in any type of way, or it's just always going to be here? No, you know, I call it a plague because, you know, being a spiritual person as a uh, minister, uh, if you read the book of Revelations, it's unfolding before our eyes. And this is a plague, you know, and um, it's not going to be here always. I'm saying this is a, a way that the Lord is trying to get our attention. Yes. I feel that um, maybe in the summer it's going to cool down some bit and then it's going to get back worse in the fall. I really don't think this is going to go away for another year. I mean, altogether, perhaps two. And then I believe it's going to come back again, uh, maybe years and years, because things are out here that I am not really permitted to say as a physician and a scientist with the WHO. I just want you all to be very cautious. Number one, pray. Wash your hands. Continue to wear your mask. Be healthy. Eat healthy. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a thing that we just can't help. And as far as vaccines, uh, there are so many companies that's trying to uh, make these vaccines and some of them are fraudulent. 
Okay. You know, um, they have vaccines out now that people can order. And when you take the test, it'll tell you you have diabetes or it'll tell you you're pregnant and you're not pregnant. Yeah. So you have to be careful with the vaccines that you order because those are fraudulent vaccines. If you can order them yourself right now, do not do that. If right. you want a vaccine, you need to go to your local hospital, a reputable hospital, and you get that um, vaccine whenever it comes out. Now, they're doing vaccines in Sweden. Um, China thinks they have the vaccine, uh, the best vaccine. Uh, yes. Switzerland think they have one. But um, uh, it's a, um, I was researching, and let me tell you what did I see during my research. It is a company a pharmaceutical company, um, AstraZeneca, they are trying to do it. Um, what they wanna do is give about three, 30 million vaccines to the UK first. Mm. However, Bill and Melinda Gates, they are working with the WHO and various uh, scientists. And this is the thing I want people of color to know. Yeah. I do not, I don't recommend it at all. Really, I don't. Yeah. Because what's in the vaccine, it's deadly to a black person in their DNA. If you take it, do you know maybe you might become sterile? You might uh, you may not be able to produce children, you might become blind. I do not recommend the vaccine at all. And it's going to be more detrimental to African Americans. They want to use us as guinea pigs. pigs. Um, as far as um, the theory that there is a chip in the vaccine, there is no chip in the vaccine. Okay. So vaccines were um, created, I would say, well, it was created by the Egyptians, Africans. They never want to give us any credit. Right. However, um, in the books, if you look in uh, research books, uh, I want to tell you, I want to tell you the right thing. Okay. I don't want to give you the wrong information now. It was a man named Edward Jenner. The books would tell you he's the first one in 1796 to have a first vaccine for the cowpox, which is not true. Um, as you know, history has been distorted. Yeah, um, people yeah. of color always had the first of everything. The first, everything. You know, so a vaccine is a, is a, a medical intervention intervention uh, for whatever diseases. And, you know, diseases are airborne. Diseases are really, they come about from a lot of animals, dirty animals. And unfortunately, a lot of these diseases are man-made. Because if the United States government... If the people, the citizens really knew what was behind the government, you would turn against your own government. Yeah. They, especially people of color. They want to use you as guinea pigs. So as I said in uh, 1796, Edward Jenner, he created the smallpox. And then um, 1885, it became the rabies shot. And then after that, it was so many other uh, vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, they basically made more vaccines in 1930. And then it, it progressed, you know, um, vaccines it's between anti-toxics um, and vaccines uh, for tetanitis, tuberculosis. There's so many diseases out there. And, and they really, they just kind of use people as a guinea pig. 
Uh, what they try to do is use animals first, such as monkeys, monkeys. and rats and mouse, yeah. mice rather, uh, to use it. Uh, however, they always love to use the black community first. Yes. And that's just uh, another um, another podcast in itself. Yes, it is. Because I saw, um, you know, I have with my learning center, they asked us, could we part will we like to participate in the COVID mouse swamp? Mm-hmm. And I denied it. Mm-hmm. You know, how could we make a decision for everyone in the building and we don't know how they feel about it? So right. I, I I denied it. And then, you know, I was kind of curious, well, with the children going back to school, will they make it mandatory? Uh, now that that's, that's controversial. Yeah, that is controversial. However, uh, they might and they can. Okay. Because, because it's it's spreading more than what the media is telling you. So just prepare yourself. The vaccine might be mandatory. Uh, if they give you the option, don't take the vaccine. The swipe. It's not bad. I'm talking about a vaccine, like a flu shot, you know, like something, the the antibacterial that they shoot in you. Right. For the African-American DNA, that is going to mess you up, your physical body. So they so, just basically made this specifically for the African-American culture. Basically, I mean, they're going to put it out there, but... Mm-hmm. They really want to focus on African-Americans. And it's like I said, I don't want to sound redundant, but it is an unfortunate thing that they just target to uh, just to kill us. Now, today we celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah. And, you know, it was bad enough 400 years of slavery. And then 155 years later, they still want to keep us down in bondage. Yes. And... um, I want to read something to you that I researched about the uh, the black community. Uh, I wish I had a slide to show. Maybe we can do this another time so yeah. we can put a slide up yes. so the people can see it. But I'm just doing my research because I feel so bad because most people, I would say 60, 70% of individuals that have the disease are African-Americans. And they're at the highest rate uh, who catches the COVID. And, you know, they were saying that myth that African-Americans can't catch COVID. Oh, they're the number one. We are number one. I think it's one because a lot of African-Americans live in urban areas where so many people together. Yeah. And, and and we're not educated. I, I mean, some people simply don't care. But when I'm saying educated, you're not educated enough about the disease. OK. And our people don't don't take the time and knowing um, the elders. They have to. And I'm not talking about old people. I'm talking about people my age, like over 40. These young whippersnappers, I was saying they're 20. <laughs> no, get your behind in the house. Yes. You know, we listen to us because now these young people, I'm not listening to you. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough the popo once is gone. But why put yourself in harm's way hanging out with your peeps and you're going to get sick? Mm-hmm. So um, this is what I researched recently. Uh, the thing is that um, 
the in the U.S. rate is it dropped about twenty five percent of deaths. However, because poverty, education, and housing, um, they take effect on the African Americans. That is why we are getting the virus at a high rate. This is why we are dying at a high rate. Now, I wanna tell you a few things that you need to know next time we'll have slides and we'll go more in depth in it. But these are a few things since we're talking about health disparities, COVID, that all includes in the same thing. Number one, especially to the youth, black Americans are most likely to die from a chronic disease. Now in my research, listen, they die more from a chronic disease than a Caucasian. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have the education, they don't have the finances, they don't have the resources. And a lot of times uh, it's uh, racism. A lot of times it's on purpose. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, they don't mean it, but you know, in the back of their mind, they don't care. Um, I've had several patients that I had to go over and talk to uh, because they were being um, discharged. I'm like, why are you being discharged? And I had to get after some Caucasian physicians under me because they automatically, oh, she's okay, she can go home. And then we retested them and then they had the disease. So they just really just letting them go? They just really letting them go and then they're spreading. They just don't care about the black community. However, if you go to a certain hospital, if you go to Greenwich, Connecticut, they're taking care of them. But if you go to Hartford or you go to uh, Brownsville, New York City, the urban areas, they just don't care. And they know these people are sick and they refuse to give tests. And sometimes people are on their dying breath, then they get on the respirator and then they die within hours. And they say, oh, she died from COVID. Well, you could have prevented that maybe a day or two ago. Yeah, but they just refuse. They to. just refuse. So that's health disparities as well because the uh, Caucasians, those who run the hospitals, thank God there are uh, African-Americans um, in the hospitals as myself yes. to really research in this and say, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, because... Um, that's not good and they just don't care. So the next thing is I want to tell you about, uh, we mentioned um, that they get chronic disease. So do you know cancer is really an ethnic group? Listen to this. Ooh. In black, I mean, whites get cancer. Right. African-Americans get cancer more, why? Urban areas, um, these uh, cell, like these new 5G cell towers, Yes, yeah, so yes, yes, you have that's radiation. They actually, they're actually trying to kill us. If you go in a black neighborhood, you can let me go out there and research it. Yeah. Just go out there, go to a white neighborhood and go to a black neighborhood. They have maybe one cell tower in a white neighborhood, and a black neighborhood it may have five or six. That's radiation. Yeah, it's just, okay. it messes up the insides of your body. Every, yes, it does, and that gives cancer. Another thing is, in urban areas, they have a lot of factories. Do you notice that? A yeah. lot of factories, which ruins air. In Newark, New Jersey, I would say 95% of the children have asthma. They don't care. They know where to place these um 
trash places where they have trash and places yeah. where it gives out and um you know chemical smoke and it's in the atmosphere and i've noticed a lot of kids um have eczema real heavy or they're um diagnosed as being having down syndrome uh -huh. and just all types of um disabilities that they are now being born with Exactly. And, I, and I was like concerned about that. Does that come from them getting shots and when they're going to their doctor's visits and everything, do it develop in that process? I think it's lack of shots. Okay. You know, let me tell you something. I'll just say over, over 40. Yeah, I'm not telling my age, but I'm not that young, but I'm not that old. But over 40 years ago, that's all I would say. My mother had to ask for specific shots. And they're like, well, how do you know that? She says, because I'm supposed to have that. You have to research if you're pregnant. If you when, when before you leave the hospital, the mother have to have certain shots, the baby have to have certain shots, and through the adolescent years, that child needs specific shots. So a lot of times they just don't care. They really don't care. I mean, it's sad to say, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. They do not care. This whole system, it's really systematic racism and health disparities go hand in hand. Yes. We do not get the care that we're supposed to get. Yes, um, I would like to share with you with my recent experience. Uh -huh. um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be pre-diabetic, uh -huh. but they gave me blood pressure medicine instead uh -huh. but however i end up experiencing a bad headache anxiety uh -huh. and everything and i had to go to the hospital when i went to the hospital they end up giving me they end up checking me into the emergency put me in a room and they gave me fluids and some form of thing it was called um a cocktail uh -huh. and cocktail it had benadryl and i forgot the other um the other shot that they gave me and they also gave me reglin uh -huh. and the whole cocktail together i probably didn't have the IV in my arm for not even a minute and i started to feel it and then when i was feeling it i ended up like having a bad anxiety like i couldn't keep still and i kept uh -huh. shaking and moving and then I, my body started to feel real hot so mm -hmm. I, um, I pressed the button for someone to come in and help me. Mm -hmm. And I, I waited a little while and no one had mm -hmm. came in. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I ended up um, taking the IV and bringing it with me to the door. And I asked someone, could someone please help me because I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. They looked at me and turned their head. Really? So I'm like, okay. I said, I don't feel right. Could somebody please come in here and help me. And mm -hmm. the lady told me, she said, no, um, someone will be with you in a minute. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I don't feel right. I, I like, I felt like I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I felt like um, I wanted to commit suicide. I felt mm -hmm. like I was dying. I felt like I just wanted to like, just start running like mm -hmm. in a serious speed. Mm -hmm. and, um, I got so anxious and felt mm -hmm. so lifeless to a point i wanted to pull my iv out my arm and just walk out uh -huh. i 
had to gain self-control and not let myself go all berserk like that because I didn't want them end up putting me in no cycle or right, right. like that to make a form of an excuse to put me in there. So right. it was like I was battling between the medication they gave me in my own mind. So right. I had to take a lot of self-control and uh -huh. let the mind just take over everything. But eventually this um this guy he came in he was a nurse he uh -huh. came in he um unconnected me from the fluid but uh -huh. he snatched it and he just walked right out he uh -huh. didn't ask me if i was okay uh -huh. if i needed any help what are my symptoms he didn't uh -huh. ask me anything and then i asked someone i said is somebody going to come in here uh -huh. I said, at this point i just want to leave so the nurse that did connect me to everything, she came in and she told me it was the Reglan because sometimes people react differently from it. And it uh -huh. makes me have all the symptoms that I told told her how I was feeling. Uh -huh. But it checked me out so fast. I've never been discharged that fast. Uh -huh. And ironically, it was kind of weird because when I was in emergency, it was like all the all the curtains was pushed back. All the doors was closed. And it was like, it was like 10 nurses, doctors, EMTs. There was so many people in the hallway just there able to help me, but they refused to. Uh -huh. And it just, it like really just, it scarred me, honestly. I really I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that would because first of all, the way your body reacted and it was something else in there um, that they really wanted. It's several medications that they probably put in there. I would say it was one or three additional something they put in there for you. Actually, they just wanted you to shut up. Yeah. Actually, I'm just trying to tell you, they just want you to be calm. Don't say anything. They didn't, they didn't approach it the correct way. Yeah, it was like they were upset. It was right. I like they were upset because I was aware of Correct. what was going on. So right. if I would have just laid there, uh -huh. I wouldn't even be here today. And then right. I had COVID. They said you had COVID. No, I'm saying if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have moved around and oh. something happened to me, okay. they probably would have told my family. They, I, oh, of course, that's what they do. That's yeah. exactly what they do. And I'm glad you shared that because ask them, it's your body. What are you giving me? Tell me what that's about. Right. Don't just say, oh, um, don't just put your arm out here. Oh, I'm giving you something. What are you giving me? Even if you don't know the terminology, explain. You it's your body. Mm -hmm. You tell whoever's attending to you, your physician. You know, some physicians have the audacity to say, you know, you're not smart enough. No, it's your body. Right. You, they're my God. Right. God gives man the wisdom, but some of them are so cocky and have an attitude. Mm -hmm. So listen, whenever whatever the doctor prescribes you, what's this for? Never take a prescription and you don't ask a question. No, okay? I'm gonna call you. Okay, <laughs> thank you. You have, to, and they don't like it when you, when you speak up. You know, I was thinking, I was like, I did you have your cell? with you that day because you could have called me and said I was your auntie or your big sister I and know. then I would have straightened it out you should have called me I know now I wasn't thinking straight I, re I really wasn't thinking but they, they had that medication in you yes 
because you were aware and they just don't care. I'm telling you, they don't care. They're yeah. like, okay, let's just shut her up. They really wanted you maybe just to fall asleep or something, you know, but they, they put the wrong mixture in there. And then the way you reacted, at least you had um, enough energy to calm your at least mind control mm -hmm. because they would have probably put you in the psych ward. Yes. They really, they I, I hate to say it. They really don't care. It's just so unfortunate. And you have to have someone to be your advocate when you're in a state when you're ill. Yes. Yes. And it was so crazy because I had um, FaceTime my husband and it was like mm -hmm. I had to calm down it was like he was ready to just run in there because you know no one can't come in right right so he was just ready to just break in right right because I, I just felt so awkward but i did like a, a detox cleansing because oh. after the fact my body was so drained yes so like yes. i just couldn't do nothing all i wanted to do was like sleep but i wouldn't mm -hmm. let myself sleep all mm -hmm. I so just, who knows what they put in there? Yeah. yeah. And they, sometimes they just choose people to say, let's try this one on her and see what works. I'm trying to tell you. Now, mm -hmm. I've been in healthcare for, so, oh my goodness gracious. From 12 years old, I um, volunteered at Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. Been at the hospital for so long. They let me bless there. Um, mm -hmm. That's my main one. However, I graduated from Clara Barton High School in Brooklyn, New York, and they, it still is Clara Barton High School of Health Professions. And they always had a program uh, where you can have a uh, joint uh, program for in, uh, nurses aid, LPN, medical assistance, and you know, it's health professions. So when you graduate, you have your uh, certificate and a college dip uh, diploma. So uh, when I graduated, I was a 16 year old CNA. So immediately that time I went and did the LPN course. And while I was in, I was in a special, special program in high school, I was afforded to go to college at the same time. So I'm in Club Barton, I'm going to Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn, New York. So I graduated already like with an associate. So I had that advantage in nursing. So I was a nurse, then I went on to get RN, RN, RN nurse for years, years, years. Then I became a nurse practitioner. All at the same time, I understand on every level of nursing through my college years, I worked. I worked in the home as a caregiver. So I was like, I know every level, how it is to be one-on-one -on -one as a caregiver, a home health aide. I know how it, um, sometimes they take advantage of nurses' aides. I understand the role of an LPN. I understand the role of an RN. And I still would have been an NP, nurse practitioner, but God rest my grandmother's soul. She says, you are writing prescriptions. Why don't you just go on and be the real thing? So that's when I went on to become a physician. And I love, I say I'm your ultimate nerd because I just love school. I went to school, school, school. And I was just blessed and had wonderful teachers that helped me through it. And I chose 
surgery because I always, I always sewed up my dolls and I, I always wanted to fix them and I patted them up. So that's like, I want to do this to real people. I just want to help people. And the reason why I picked cancer oncology, because a lot of uh, people in my family passed away from that. So, okay. I mean, it's, I love what I do. However, it is draining. It's draining. And now, yesterday, I had a, a, a superb opportunity to work with, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, it was, I'd never been in the room with all sisters. Yes, I saw <laughs> that. And we just enjoyed it. I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> We do exist. So it was a, a nurse tech, it was a RN, and it was another surgeon. And we were all Christians and we were in the operation room. And we made that patient, he is recovering well. And he was so happy. And he was a person of color. And I think that cheered him up even more. Yeah. It's like Wakanda, you know? <laughs> For real. And especially with all of this, let me tell you, if I go to work tomorrow, it's going to be in Connecticut and I'm going to wear my Wakanda cap okay. because I am in that mood because they pushing me. You got to send me that picture. I'm going to post it if I go to work because they are actually, I know I'm off a little bit, but the health disparities, they're really getting my nerves and they're really showing out. Because they do George Floyd, you know, you know, they spitting at us now. <laughs> the Caucasian um, patients, they're getting worse. They cussing at us. I mean, it's getting bad. And then the clients, they're coming out. I mean, the um, your um, co-workers, they are showing yeah, out. I was getting ready to ask you, like, they how are, do man, and, and they and they have the nerve, you know, like I'm the charge i'm the chief physician here and then you're gonna have these residents what you want like are you serious right. <laughs> you have to keep your composure and your professionalism you mm -hmm. know which i just like i just want to put on my black panther i, I want to do something <laughs> so bad you know what i mean you're like i'm taking care of you yeah. so <laughs> you know like i this is not right but i memo all my <laughs> i memo all my black the nurses and stuff <laughs> when I go to the, the hospitals and I'm like, well, you know, I'm on shift tonight. So we see each other, we're like, Ugh. so <laughs> so white, the white ones, they're like, ah, y'all doing it. And then some of them have the nerve to reenact George Floyd. I mean, they're going crazy. Wow. So what was your experience like when you went to his funeral? I cried, I boo-hooed because Little Gianna, everybody knows she became popular because that's yes. a baby child. She says, my daddy changed the world. Now her her and her mother, Roxy, are my cousins on my mother's side. Okay. So I, I went to support her and Roxy, but people had to support me. I was crying more than them. Oh my God. Well, I call myself helping. But you know, when you viewed the body, that it was so many emotions that came up. So they left the open casket? Uh, in North Carolina, it was not an uh, open casket. Okay. In um, Texas, they, of course, they had the viewing. Oh, they had the viewing in North Carolina, but for the North Carolina service, it was not open. In okay. Texas, they closed the casket once the service began after everybody okay. marched in. But it's just looking at it that, you know, my mother, 
marched in the 60s and all these ba- she's a baby boomer you know yeah. and she's just she boohoos all the time and the town that she lives in in connecticut is waterford the child the kkk marching yeah, i remember you told me you i'm were... like oh my god and it's like she didn't <laughs> want to go out <clears throat> Yeah, you, you got pulled over too and you're oh, I don't even like to drive to Connecticut because even if you had a Toyota but I like my fancy cars I like my Rolls and my Porsche and my but I can't do that because they say you stole it they always lie and say you fit the prescription you know the like, you, I'm like are you serious wow and it's getting worse and you say who you are they don't care who you are Mm-hmm. And it's and it's getting bad even in Brooklyn. They are sh- showing out, so it's like you really have to pray and you just have to say, Lord, am I going to be next? Wow! You know, look look at the young lady in your city. She's in her car. Yes, in Ohio, and she just gets shot because of racism. Yes, actually, they end up doing some form of breaking news um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I guess it was um, three young black African Americans that shot her. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my gosh, that is so unfortunate. Yes. I I guess um the guy the the white guy that they did see mm-hmm. I, he was doing CPR and he just left this oh. words. So I guess that's where they got that particular description from. Oh my goodness. And see, a lot of times, you know what, it's it's already a, a race war, but yes. these young people, this they're coaxing it. They're just making up s- stories and lies just to get people more upset. We're already upset. Yes. Yes. And we already protesting and yes. everything. So it's to the point we have to play precautions on when things do occur and when things mm-hmm. do happen. And we have to get the full story. Correct. Assuming things because um I was talking to my husband. I'm like, yes, a lot of um incidents do be wrong with uh-huh. force. However, some of them, some people do resist and uh-huh. they do not cooperate. But however, uh-huh. we need to teach the black community and let them know Absolutely. what to do when you're getting pulled over so you won't get caught up in getting yourself killed. In uh-huh. situations, and then when they go back on a video, it'll show your cooperation. That's right. Like the um the young man in um Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, exactly, exactly. Yes, and he he cooperated with everything they said. He spoke uh-huh. kindness and uh-huh. everything, and we have to continue to do that, even though we don't know if we're gonna get ready to live or die. That's right. That's right. Right, because they, they, they po- the police, they just want any excuse to shoot you. Yes. It's yes. like we're a target and it's just hunting season. Yes, it, it definitely is. With, you know, it's bad enough, you know, we're talking about health disparities, but this all links, it's all systematic racism. I mean, like you go out to the, to the store, you may get shot. Then you have COVID-19. And then say, if you just have a heart attack or a stroke, they may, they still might not uh, take care of you properly. I can give you an example. Years ago, when my mother's mother was living, and this is when I was, let me see, was I a physician then? Yes, I was. Um, this was in a hospital in Brooklyn, 
And my grandmother was having a stroke, the seizures and everything. And they just pushed her to the side. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. Are you and I'm telling and I had to carry on so bad. And I don't advise anyone to do this, but I <laughs> I got so upset. Do you know I was smaller in size then? I had to jump on the nurse's station <laughs> and act like a crazy person. Like, you better go get her. Because if she dies, it's gonna be one. Don't do what I did. Yes. But I'm just saying. I'm like, look here. Because I didn't say anything who I was. You know, be like, okay, it's your grandmother. But why should you have to get all crazy and ghetto <laughs> to get attention? And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, look at how you doing. You standing on our things. I'm like, my grandma's already dying. Mm. Like, do so they put her in the corner. Wow. You see what I mean? The yeah. black community. And I also I've I've seen uh you really, we really don't see kids wanting to be doctors and lawyers no, and no. officers firefighters we don't see, we don't hear them talk about becoming those things mm -hmm. like everything is about social media and streets negativity, mm -hmm. negativity. that and it's not to a point we're not educating them enough to let them know it's important for you to be placed in these positions. You need to be on the, in the council or a mayor or, you know, just different seats. That's it's right. so important. It is absolutely. Uh, and it's an unfortunate thing that um, history has been distorted. They don't know that we come from kings and queens. Right. Uh, no, the young people don't know about reconstruction. They don't know anything about the reconstruction period. And what the reconstruction period was uh, three, it was about, I would say five years after uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, each year, uh, first they were allowed to, to, they were free and then they began to buy property and then um, they would begin to vote. And, and then we have to talk about this again because that includes the Dred Scott case. And they don't understand reconstruction. There were senators, black senators uh, that served prominent people. And then we have Black Wall Street. There are several um, uh, places in America that had uh, reputable neighborhoods that had their own banks and yeah. especially in Oklahoma, Texas, different places. And then we don't know about that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's plenty of scientists and and one thing I want to say is, I don't know why Caucasians don't like us. If that's the case, they might as well, and I'm not being funny, they might as well just erase from the planet Earth because everything we use every day, it's a black person makes. From us. You can take your child on a walk, everything. You can point out, look, the lawnmower, the black person made, the car, you know, the remote to get in the car, uh, the, the traffic light, even products we eat potato chips, peanut butter, everything, everything. The iron board, iron, everything. <laughs> it's like everything, it was a pattern to a black person, even our fast food chain restaurants. It, <laughs> the colonel for KFC took the recipe from a black person. Mm. McDonald's, everything, Burger King, all these places were founded by blacks. However, they didn't have the, the finances or the support okay. And some of them sold their ideas. That's an unfortunate thing. For something so small. For something so small. Yes. Uh, yes. And me, I, I, it's just, 
I, I, this thing just ruffles my feathers because I don't have to look in a history book to know about a king or a queen. Even though I am a mixed stew, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, raised on Long Island, New York. I have lived different places. Uh, however, I think I can get along with anybody because I have several cultures in my bloodstream. And as far as being kings, we come from kings and queens. My great-grandfather, which is my mother's grandfather, was a king of the Oyo Kingdom, Nigeria, Africa. Now I went back and they welcomed us. So I am a crown princess. My, my name is Abiola. So I'm Princess Abiola of the Oyo Kingdom. I mentioned this because he was a king, one of the greatest kings in history. And when I went back, they said, we were wondering what happened to him. He was kidnapped, wow. sold three times in America. And his last slave master's name was Crawley. And that was in Virginia. Wow. So, that's my mom. so I don't have to read about that. And then we have pictures of yokes around his neck. We see pictures of the stripes on his back where he was whipped. So how is that? I mean, I feel it. That's in my lineage. We all come mm -hmm. from, from royalty, but I mean, I'm really, I'm back. You're I'm right there. there. And for all of this that's going on, is that how you end up experiencing going to all seven continents? Well, I experienced that because that has to do with the ministry part. Okay. My grandparents, they ministered and planted churches. So when I global, like everybody now is global now because of the pandemic. Yes. But before all of this happened, I hate to be like people said, been there, done that, but it's true. I did the footwork. Thank God for social media where the world can see you. But before all of this, as a child, I traveled with my grandparents and my mother. And so that's how I began to travel the world because I'm continuing to live out, you know, that, that's in my lineage. So I'm still planting churches and opening clinics and helping, you know, the people of color on every continent. And, and, and it's, it's not just in the United States of America, it's all over the all world. Over the world. Still, and people, it's not just the continent of Africa. People don't understand or they don't know about, there are blacks, you know, it's history. This is, we can do about three or four other podcasts. Yes. Because mostly blacks came from, they were everywhere. The original Chinese was black. The original Russian was black. People don't know these things because it's not in our history books. Right. And what Europeans do, they went into these countries and they made it with the black people. And then as soon as it became to get lightning out, lightning out. And then it's just so much we don't know. They would take the blacks. And our whole history. And it started. Years. Exactly. So even now, there are black Russians. You're like, are you serious? Really black Russians, black, not people that, they are there. And they treat them bad. In England, they treat them. Now, a lot of them, the ones in England, uh, they are from the islands in Africa, mostly Nigeria and Ghana. But what I'm saying is the systemic racism is all over the world. They do not give them health care at all. Some of them have to fend for themselves. I mean, it's really bad. I mean, that we have to suffer because we are in the image of Christ. Yeah. If they only knew. 
you do. know, it's they kind don't want like you know that even people don't even know that the Pope he prays to black Madonna and black Jesus. People don't know that because he knows that's the real thing. And the years, if you if you research, they lightening the angels like they made them white years years ago. The painters, they know what it was. They know the deal. They would make brown angels, brown Jesus. And they're like, mm -mm, we don't want their people to know. Just like King James, uh, we see at the King James Bible. It's yeah. a lot that we do not know because he felt that he was the king and that people should not know as much as he did. Mm -hmm. So because I'm a natural researcher, not only for you know scientific purposes, so a lot of things I'm just looking and I'm searching, I'm like, wow, if we as a people knew who we are, we should be able to get together. And in all actuality, it is more black people in the world than Caucasians. Yes. And if we unite it, we can rule the world, but we can't unite even within ourselves. Yeah, you know, you know people say that's the Willie Lynch syndrome. That yes, way. absolutely. It's like how they say crabs in a barrel. Yes. So, if I mean, one is on top. Uh -huh. Everybody want to be on top instead yes. of accepting the fact that just let them run this and let me position myself here. Uh -huh. All gather together in so many ways. Uh -huh. but it's like as, as our culture, we always want to take over right. something and throw each other under the bus. Uh -huh. And the fact that this person is gifted in this, you're gifted in this. You know, right. we'll keep it going. Other cultures right. do it, but us. Exactly. And, and the thing is, white Caucasians, they don't know the difference. Unfortunately, in their mind, you're still a nigga, plain and simple. Yes. You have to, I'm not saying to call you. And I get after uh, young people. Now, let me tell you, it's two ways you can look at this. I've heard a young lady saying where the young people, this was her excuse, however it's true, but I don't really agree with it. Um, she's saying because, and I believe she told me Niger or one other country that meant black and powerful nigga. But I'm like, well, I don't know about that because they use that term in America to downgrade us. You know how you say my nigga, <laughs> you know, the black American culture, nigga, right. you're my nigga. <laughs> it's cute. But you know what? I'm trying to get people to stop saying that because yes. it's, it's, it's downgrading. I know it's for us, it's to you too. So like you guys say it, but then they right. say nigger or negro. Right. right. Like, no, they want to just fight. Right. But like we need to practice the fact that we can't use it upon right. each other. Right. No, right. why we can't say, hey, king, hey, queen. Right. right. And, and excuse me what I'm going to say. Why do sister girls be like, hey, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you're not a bitch. Yeah. You're not a nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh -huh. Hey, and that is not cute. Yes. Because if you, you know, what your words, whatever you speak is, it is so. You got to be careful what come out your mouth. Yes, because the tongue is very powerful. Yes, it is. It, which you just said. You're yeah, because when, when God created the earth, he spoke it. So whatever you speak, like even the I can't breathe movement, I understand that. But think about it. You're speaking it. So you should start being start able to say, I can breathe. breathe. I can breathe. Mm hmm. 
Oh man, we you know we talked about this is like five other podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> Everything kind of always intertwines with one. We talk, we talk. And, exactly. <laughs> but it is what it is, and the black community needs to know this. Yes, they do. And I want to say to any Caucasian that's watching, now I posted on social media, and I've been especially LinkedIn. People had a lot of Caucasian supporters. They don't thumbs me anymore, and I don't care. Because what I said was, I'm watching you. If you're a clergy person, if you're a business associate, and you have not said anything about racism, then you you know I'm seeing your true colors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them unfriended me. So they show how they feel. Yeah. And especially, yeah, especially like to speak your truth. That's right. And, that, and that's your culture. That's and that's right. how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And if you can't, you can't say, oh, you're my friend, but you don't talk about it. This is what happened. Why racism is still around all these years later, because America has swept it under the rug and have not discussed it. Mm-hmm. And this is a major issue. I really feel it's going to be another civil war. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then the president, he's stirring the pot. Yes. And he does not care. And it's so crazy. It's like so many people support him, but so many people don't. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he will cheat his way regardless. Oh, yes. To do another four year term. Oh, yes, of course. Like in this in these times right now, we need to put things in place to prepare ourselves. That's right. Time comes and Mm -hmm. continue to educate ourselves on so many things as far as our history and how to survive. Because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, we, we lost our ways on knowing how to survive due to materialistic things. That's right. Um, during like food, we have to eat a certain type of food. Mm-hmm. What other ways can you cook food? Have you gone hunting, been in mm-hmm. the woods? You know, we have to go back into our roots on right. survival mode because we don't know the direction. We have an idea of the direction we're going into, but we mm-hmm. still have to prepare ourselves. That's for right. That's right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, now, I want to say something before you ask me something else. Okay. Uh, please be careful and prayerful when you vote. I want to tell you that voting is imperative. However, it's like we are at a in a position where we just are really. I'm trying to find the words to say. I'm gonna play it simple, say it simple. We're really messed up in our choice because on one hand you have Trump, another hand you have Biden. We have to just hold our nose when we go vote because if you did your research now, Biden is very friendly towards me. However, if you know his background, just because he's a Democrat, in all actuality, he's really worse than Trump. I'm just putting that out there. You know, I was saying the same thing and then I saw that P. Diddy, because I know you used to be in his uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I saw how he was saying, telling people yes. you need to be careful who you voted for. Yes. Don't vote for him just to put, you know, Trump out. You right. have to do your research and a background check on these different candidates that uh-huh. are trying to run for a presidential you know, seat. And mm-hmm. I've I've seen a few things of, in the racial aspect of Biden, and he's he's quite he have his evil ways. Even when he was um the vice president, did you know? Were you aware that he said, "Well, Obama is not like the rest of the blacks because he's light skin." 
Did you know he said that? No, I didn't. Oh, yes. He, he talks out his mouth all the time. He thinks he's saying something and he's really making the words. And I think people are overlooking it. And some people just don't know how he really is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, he's friendly towards me. He goes to NAN, which is National Action Network. You know, he just wants to make his face right amongst the black people. However, his ethics, his thoughts, he says a lot of nasty things about yes. him. And he really doesn't care. You know, they all blame Did you see him on the Breakfast Club? No. With May? Oh. He was so uncomfortable during that interview. And it, it just, I don't know. It's like he, he gives off a different type of vibe uh -huh. compared to Trump. Uh -huh. And I, I do feel like he is a lot worse. I do. And I think we just have to prepare just to have four more years of Trump. That's yeah. it. I mean, because I think a lot of people, they won't vote. And no. if they, then they won't vote, and I know they're probably going to rig it anyway. Yes. Definitely. And it's like, what am I to do? You know, that's really, you want to, to exercise, you know, people fought to vote. You have mm -hmm. to vote, but when it comes to that, you just have to say, Lord, what am I to do? Mm -hmm. And I want to say, just because he's a Democrat, you know, don't vote. We already know how Trump is. Yes. We don't want to get somebody who's worse. He's like trying to play us. Yes. You, you know? know. <laughs> You already know. He can be like, uh-uh. I mean, I'm not going to wear my Make America hat, but I'm just saying. <laughs> be careful. Be cautious. Pray about this thing. Yes. And we, we have to constantly do that. Yes. We really do. We have to, we have to stay anointed. That's you know? right. And what I have noticed before the pandemic and everything, a lot of people didn't believe in God. That's right. That's right. But as time gone by oh. daily, I see more and more people like God this, God that. And that's exactly what he wanted us to do. That's right. That's, that's right. exactly what he wanted us to do. And we have to understand that and that's build right. our own personal relationships with him. That's right. You know, the scripture says, you know, in Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name. Shumble yourself and pray and seek my faith and faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from you. Let me tell you, you will hear from heaven and you he will heal the land. God wants us to seek him. America, the world needs to seek the Lord, but especially America. Yes. It has to come back to God. And God had to do something to get our attention. Yes. So with you um being over, you oversee, what is it, 2,500 churches? It's almost like more than that now. Because, mm -hmm. So have you experienced any different type of relationship or vibe with individuals? Because you deal with so many cultures. Right. So have you dealt with any racism or you've noticed things in your colleagues from you doing, from you being over everything? Mm -hmm. Well, the leaders, they are not as bad However, okay. when I speak to maybe succeed, you have the bishop and then you have a pastor underneath them that I have to interact with. They may not be too keen. OK. You know, and I had to have a, a, several Zooms about this and a lot of them really, you know, ruffled their feathers and like you got to get it together. I mean, we had some heated discussions and I had to give them scripture and I had to reprimand them. It was just it's something you cannot love God 
and not love your fellow man. Mm -hmm. You cannot be under a person of color who is your leader, you know, and you don't like my type of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are you doing? And mm -hmm. we had to have several zooms on this. And um, basically, it's not the, the main leader over the region. It's the ones under them that's giving me that pushback. Yeah. So my thing is like, hey, you don't want, I don't beg anybody. Even Jesus said, I knock on the door. Jesus is not going to force you. I love to have you in our circle of fellowship. But if you think this way, you have to pull out because I will not tolerate this in the organization. So how are, how have you been able to prioritize your time working oh. 20-hour shifts in the hospital and then you're maintaining a, a huge company? And you have, I mean... What? I am juggling. See, the thing is, I'm not working every week. Okay. So when I do work, when COVID was really bad in New York, I was working like every other week. Okay. Now what I'm doing is like two or three days every other week. Okay. okay. So I'm juggling so much. Thank God for Zoom and stream and all these other things where you can connect with people, conference calls. Yes. I am juggling. It seems to me that I'm more busy, I think, because I can't go to these places and I have to send out all these emails and I just have to, the Lord just helps me. And I have to write down what I'm going to do and say, okay, today I'm going to work on this nonprofit. Today, this is what, and I time myself. If I know I have to make this call, okay, this is going to be half an hour. If I have to make this Zoom, I schedule myself, but then I also give me me time too, because yeah. you absolutely go bonkers. Yeah. And, and because of this COVID-19, years and years, people say, you need a therapist. And I'm like, I don't need a therapist. You know, that's a culture thing. We not, we not crazy. It's not saying we're crazy, but uh -huh. if you're doing so much, you need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. So I have my I have my therapist because you need to release what's in you because if you have so much built up in you, yes, you pray. Yeah, but I, I'm an advocate for therapy. Now I want to say some people get uh, things mixed up. A psychologist is a licensed therapist where you talk to. However, if you need a sedative, and I will say. I see a, I'm not crazy. The thing is, I have so much going on. The yeah. thing is, I don't want to get so, so my adrenaline rushes. So I take a small dosage of sedatives just to keep me calm and cool. That's why I'm cool. So therefore, you see a psychiatrist. The Black community have this thing, well, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. But your mental health is important. Yes. You cannot do anything that would just break down your entire body. You would become anxious. You can have a heart attack. Stress can kill you. Mm -hmm. So never tell, never feel that, oh, if I'm seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist, that I'm crazy. You are not crazy. Well, some people might be a little crazy, but <laughs> you're not crazy. That's another form of you taking care of yourself. Absolutely. You're putting yourself up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's extremely important for us to do that on yes. a daily basis. Yes. And I found myself, I, I have a cousin and she just laughs about everything. And I'm like, why do you laugh? She said, you know, what else you going to do? And let me tell you, I have <laughs> become her. I laugh. And they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, that's all I can do. 
Yeah. Yeah, I have to laugh. You, you see me, I laugh. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I have to laugh. Yes, you the do. The things I encounter. No, I have to. What I'm going to do? Because the way I really feel <laughs> inside, yeah. I, I'm not permitted to say this on live. You know, I have to keep my professionalism because you, you're angry, you're mad, you're sad because of this racism. You're, you're upset about that your people are, are dying from COVID. So I have mixed emotions. There's just so much going on. Yes. How has it been as far as you donating to the community? I saw that you were doing grants and everything. So how, how was that coming along? That's coming along well. Now, as you know, I have seven nonprofits. Yes. So at this time, if you will go on my website, you know, we do certain things for each nonprofit. But this time we've come together and we're donating uh, to the people of the world for COVID issues. Okay. Uh, I had a deadline. However, we are still giving grants to different organizations, to individuals. Um, people get mad with me. I don't pick. My job is to get the resources. Right. I am blessed to be connected to the wealthy. And a lot of people, you know, they just ask the average Joe. And most people now in this economic time where people don't have, people don't have money. Yeah. However, I am blessed to be connected. Thank God. That's how I get my money. And I'm able to give the grants because these people are my private donors. Yes. I mean, and you, and they and they don't give. They don't give. It's so. Do you know how many millionaires and billionaires there are? But they don't give. Where are these black stars that all the children go buy their record, their CDs? Like, what are they doing? You support these even even movie stars. What are they doing? They have the money. Mm -hmm. So I have these CEOs and these people, and it's a lot of people like in other countries, like India and Pakistan, and they support me. Mm -hmm. because they know that, you know, if they give it to me, that I would distribute it properly. And yeah. a lot of people get mad, but they ask me for, um, I would say, I mean, it's just ludicrous things. Why don't yeah, ask me for television? Do not ask me for a television. Yeah, I think and, you did. Didn't you do a car in the house before? That or was for um, probably, this was last year. And I always say, I'm not going to do it. And I have to stick to it because people, they figure I'm the bank. I don't have to give you nothing. Right. But, <laughs> but that's my heart. You know, I observe people, you know, and in a way, we, my team, they look at you. If you really, really have that need, you know, they research who's writing. If you have a website, you know, they really look at it. Like if you're doing okay, we may give you $500 and then you get mad. Like I asked for 5,000, you didn't need the 5,000. Maybe somebody in Ohio needed that 5,000. Mm -hmm. So we look at the need. The man is saying, one man, I need my, um, I need a new TV. Yeah, and I need, yes, I'm like, I need a new TV and I need the, the washer like, dryer too. Yes, washer dryer. <laughs> and these young people, they see the post. And they think you're stupid. A lot of the young Africans, they think Americans are stupid. These young boys, I want a cell phone. I want sneakers. No. No. Like, don't try to play me like this. I'm professional. I'm, I am a person of color. 
but I am a professional, I'm a loving person, I'm down to earth. And when it comes to that, I'm not gonna give you money to throw away. And I want people to know whoever is listening, if you have this need, nine times out of 10, we're not gonna give it to you directly. What the need is, we're gonna pay for ourselves because yeah. a lot of people get the money and they just throw it away. Yes, they do. I gave money to a young lady. She blew it. She asked me to pay her rent. She went and had a party with it, coming back to me, my rent. I said, I gave you money for rent. Oh, I had a party. Well, I'm well, sorry. That's, that's, that's your bad. Right. And I don't, I don't give it. You have an orphanage? Okay, tell me. We'll buy the rice. And people get mad because they want the money themselves. You need something? You need a van? We're going to give you the van. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then I need somebody. I can't give it to you. Who, who, who uh, uh, do you have a board? Like, I'm really strict on that because people get the money and they'll use it for themselves. And I, I was re reported to me, I gave to a nonprofit and the person in charge of the nonprofit used about 90% for herself and just gave a little bit to them. And I was like, mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, I see that in um in a lot of nonprofits, mm -hmm. they, they get funded so much money, but you don't see it come out true. to the community. But besides, they're giving it to their staff or themselves or other people that's on top. Right. You know, they they dip in many of that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've seen it happen on so many occasions, and true. you know, it, it's really unfair when you have individuals like me and you that's mm -hmm. out there that's really doing the work mm -hmm. you know? so but it's good that you are fortunate enough to have the connections and the individuals that's willing to donate and help along the way which you have in different nonprofit organizations and another thing i want to say if you are someone that i think uh that is capable to meet some of these wealthy people, please don't embarrass me. <laughs> really? I, I can give you an example. Please, <laughs> please do not embarrass me because if I say, because most of the time I don't connect them with the people. If sometimes I'm like, okay, I want you to meet the people and they can vote directly with you. Yeah. I had a man who wanted to get some extra money, and I said, look. You have an easy $50,000. They want you to um, be a master of ceremonies and they want you to work on some voiceovers and all of that. Do you mm -hmm. know he didn't show and say, oh, I had a meeting with Bishop so-and-so. Well, Bishop so-and-so is not paying any of your bills. He left the people just sitting there and the people were like, what kind of person you know, is he? And that embarrassed me. Then you have to, you know, answer to them or like, you vouch for them and right, exactly and then i had nothing bad and, and then please we love the lord but listen learn how to speak proper etiquette do not go to meetings speaking ebonics that's in everyday life what you say about your family and friends you know i'm talking just being myself. However, when I'm in a meeting, I know how to conduct myself. You, I know how to speak. I'm just being myself here on live. Don't go to meetings. Somebody, yeah, dang, yup. Don't do that. <laughs> yes, son. You heard me. Don't do all that stuff. And then if you're religious, learn other phrases then. And, and don't be sucking it to, yes, bless God. Yeah. I had, you know, I had a young man to go to a meeting.
He's supposed to be intelligent, but he's just been in church all his life. And it's unfortunate. He just knows church lingo. And he went and there's like, um, you know, we want to help you. Dr. Bonaparte says you're a young man. Yes, bless God. Like they're like, are you serious? Praise God. And he said, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favor, hallelujah. I'm like, you can't do that no, in front of business. People know. They do that. Like, Are you serious? Oh my you know, God. and then you know, you know how we talk. We just go all over the place. Yeah. This is good for people to hear. Another thing, if you are in a church that just shout, shout, shout all day, where's the word? You need the word of God. Listen, after you finish bucking, you need to pay your bills. Mm. So get some education. Yeah. You know, don't don't go. I knew a lady. I give you so many examples. I knew a lady that went to court and her son was in jail and um, she stands up and and she tells the uh, the judge, he's going to get out. And the judge was like, listen, he going in for another two years. You'll be like, no. <laughs> Like don't do because they'll be they don't care. So my thing is to people of color, especially church folk, conduct yourself properly, you know, govern yourself accordingly. There is a time and place for everything. Yes. yes. You know, even in everyday world. You know, like all that bucking and sweating. You can go to church, have all these conferences, but where's the money? I had I had a young man um, ask me for money. If you can't afford a conference, then doggone it, don't do the conference. Mm -hmm. I think it's a shame that you have to do a, a chicken, a fried fish and chicken to do a conference. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have resources. You know, I mean, money is important. Have the connections. What I'm saying is get finances. Finances are out there. Don't say, oh, we can't get it because we're black, but they're there. You yeah, just have yeah. to do your research and be connected to the right people. You mm -hmm. might have to go someplace and play golf. You might have to go someplace where you're the only person of color. Let's get out of the box. Get mm -hmm. educated. This is modern times. At least get you an associate. <clears throat> do something. I mean, have a business. Stop going, how they say, to the man. Get your own business, especially now in this pandemic. You should be investing, even if you start out with penny stocks. I know and you gotta buy land. Man, absolutely. Real estate is yeah. imperative. Yes. Own that building. Own it. Exactly. Yes. And stop renting, owning. Do you know how much money you can make on the net? Do you know how much money, and I have to do that Zoom because I have to teach because I've just been so busy, how much money you can make on the net? I've made thousands of dollars. I gave it right into the nonprofits to help. But it's so many ways that you can make money. People are like, I'm bored. How can you be bored? And you have a computer or a phone. That's a good advice on a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. This is the time to invest, especially for people of color. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, I'm going to let you get some rest because I know you're tired after your long shift. Yeah, because we went way over time, but um, I know, didn't we? <laughs> we're 
But we've been talking about something. We're supposed to be talking. I think I covered the health disparities. I mentioned the vaccine. I talked about the chip. Yes. Um, what I didn't speak about, I guess we'll close out Juneteenth. Um, those of you on social media, I, I wrote out an entire history of Juneteenth. However, um, to summarize it today is 155 years later. Uh, let me just backtrack some and I'll tell you why the emancipation. Now, first of all, on December 31st, 1862, this is the reason why Blacks have the tradition of watch night service. That night before, they were waiting for President Abraham Lincoln to make the decision whether they were free or not. So they all went to church and prayed. So now you know why watch night service is imperative. Find yourself somewhere in church, or even if you want to party, find yourself on your knees when the new year come in, because that's a part of our culture. That's where Watch Night comes in. Then the next day, January 1st, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation uh, was put in and then it's supposed to have been, everyone was supposed to be free. So there were two states, two regions. A lot of people don't know about North Carolina. Uh, right. Entire region of North Carolina, they were still in bondage. Then the one that everyone or a lot of people don't know about, more people are learning about in Galveston, Texas, the general came through and he announced that, that the slaves were free and there were 250,000 slaves in Texas still under slavery until June 19th, 1865. And then what has been told in history, they all begin to celebrate and dance. And that's why we have these parades and celebrations. So I've celebrated July 4th for many years, but the last few years, I just cook out and I just relax because mm -hmm. guess what? Independence Day, we were still in slavery. Independence yeah. Day was July 4th, 1776. We didn't all truly become free until June 19th, 1865. And unfortunately, 155 years later, we are still not truly free. No, we're not. But we're going to, we're not going to be silent. I encourage you to protest. Just be careful out there. I want you to use your feet and your vote. It's yes. imperative. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. I, I really so much, but you know how we do. Yes. You have to do this again. It was yes. supposed to be about one thing, but I think the things we mentioned was imperative yes. for the people to hear, especially the Black community. Yes, it was very important and very informative for them to actually gain information because some we just don't know. No, we don't. We don't know. And with you having such a strong background in history, even going all the way back to your great, great, great grandmother, you know, I already know you ain't going to tell us nothing wrong. That's right. And yeah. what I want to say is taking a swab, um, it is painful if they stick it up your nose. Most people, like if you want the COVID test, that's okay. But as far as the vaccine, I would not say take it, especially the black. Nope. Do not order it over the internet. Those are the fake ones. Um, they're in the process of it. When they bring it to America, they want to give it to the blacks. The real ones are going to go to the UK first. So just be careful about that. Only You only have to take it if it's mandatory and just pray, 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 pray. And you never know? 
become that. Yeah, we're just praying that it does not become mandatory. Yes, yes, because you know, folks ain't gonna be taking it. No, no. Mm -mm. I know also, you. Also, please pray about who to vote for. Like I said, yeah. The whole thing is, I just want you all to pray and seek the Lord. Um, I thank God that I have an open mind, not only on this. I think my spiritual aspect helps me along in the the uh, medical field and the science field, and just in general, everything I do, I pray. So I'm not trying to get you saved, but as a clergy person, if you are watching this, however, whatever you call God, Allah, whatever you, I need you to pray. Jesus is the only way. However, I encourage you to meditate, to seek God in prayer because we are in living in uncertain times. And don't, don't be down. So you might think that God has left you, but God will never leave you or forsake you. He is right there. He is with us. Mm -hmm. he, is there. he knows all. Never doubt God of what he is doing. God has a purpose and plan for everything. If you've lost a loved one, if you lost your job, listen, if you lost your job and you're watching this, you on a computer, right? Start you a business. Yes. Take your pain and make a purpose out of it. Mm -hmm. Take your test and make it a testimony. Or as they say, make your lemons into lemonade. I'm just here to encourage you not to give up and to hold on how they would say the older folk to God's unchanging hands. We take our hands out of God's hands, but he does never, he never lets us go. No, he doesn't. And I want you, I'm going to keep my prayers to you, you being covered while you're in the hospital, yes. saving lives, yes. and even just dealing with different types of doctors and nurses, yes. everyone that you oversee, because yes. you have to, you have to be protected in all areas. That's right. That's right. All areas. And I, and I did love that picture of you guys praying. That was really, really nice. Yes, and I'm, if I work tomorrow, I'll post my Wakanda cap. I'm ready to. Okay. Yes. I'm okay. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to send me one like this. <laughs> and again, I am sorry for laughing, but that's what I have adopted to keep me yeah. home. I understand what Cousin Kim meant. She just laughed. And now, I mean, that's how I, I have to do it that way. I can't be yeah. sad, all the things that's happening. Just laugh, you know, because God got it under control. Yes. Because my God will take every people, people that killed, you know, George Floyd, all these nasty racists. God is going to judge them. Judgment is coming. Mm -hmm. God knows, folks. God, but trust and believe. God, you just live right. And you give honor to God and, and, and you know, you walk in the ways of the Lord and he will protect you and he will keep you and your family covered. So fear not, the Lord is with you. Yes, definitely. Well, let's end it and make sure you get you some rest. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to text you and check on you and everything. Too. Okay, I appreciate that. Okay, thank you. And we're going to have welcome. to in on another topic. We do. Yes, because we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Love you. Love you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Thank you everyone for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and check out our YouTube page as well. And make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly. Stay tuned for the next session. Don't make it be your next.